Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. This is Tom Nettles. Welcome to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. We're continuing our look at Luke chapter 9, and we have come to the point where Jesus has told that he will be rejected, that he will be indeed put on a cross, and he will be resurrected, and he has begun to tell them that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. His rejection meant clearly that his followers would receive like treatment by the world. The world will not receive a message of the need for redemption. This involves a recognition of sin, the certainty of judgment for it, the provision of a substitute to receive the divine vengeance, and reception of this redemption through repentance and faith. The religious leaders had not repented at the preaching of John the Baptist, and Jesus' claims would be infinitely more offensive than his. John the Baptist pointed to another as the object of faith. Jesus pointed to himself. In verse 23, Jesus taught them that even as he would suffer at the hands of the Jewish leaders, so too they must expect it. If one would follow Christ, therefore, he must count position in this world, and even life in this world, as loss for the sake of the eternal life that depends on the cross. We cannot receive a Christ who died for redemption, if we refuse to assume for ourselves the transcendent importance of the manner of that redemption. And in verses 24 and 25, we learn that a refusal of eternal life in order to gain the life of this world will result in final loss of the divine glory when Christ returns. The options that Jesus established are pungent and can be asked of every person in every age. Notice the way in which Jesus sets this in sort of a, a chiastic fashion. He said, lose your life for the sake of Jesus and gain eternal life. Gain the whole world and lose your life eternally. Then in verse 26, we see that the, the glory of Christ's return seems so remote that its attraction is less than the possibility of immediate satisfaction through worldly acceptance, comfort, and pleasure, especially if one's livelihood and or life hangs in the balance. Jesus said, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words... Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Jesus pointed to his person as the dividing line between eternal profit and eternal loss. The Christian will not be ashamed of Jesus in the work of redemption that he came to do. The Christian will not be ashamed to confess that Jesus came to die as a substitute for sinners in order to pay the debt of wrath for their sins. 
the Christian will not be ashamed to affirm his resurrection, his ascension, and his present session as manifestations of his future rule over all. As we value his person, so we must value his words. Jesus said, of me and my words. For in his words, he speaks the truth about himself. On the basis of this saying of Jesus, it would be difficult to give credible evidence of true saving faith in the person of Christ if at the same time a person denied the unwavering truthfulness of the words of Christ. In so doing, one would affirm the authority of the Bible in its entirety. Jesus spoke the words or spoke the worlds into existence. He spoke through the prophets, and he confirmed the truthfulness of the entire text of the Old Testament during his earthly ministry, such as in Luke 24, where he speaks to the disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. In Matthew 7, 24 through 28, where he says, It is upon his words that everyone must build their life, and other texts of Scripture. How can we say that we are not ashamed of him if we do not treasure all of his words? Those ashamed of Jesus and his words in this life will find that he will put them to shame before the whole world when he comes in his glory. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. John 3.36 None will deny his glory in that day according to Philippians 2, but every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But to know his infinite value, even in his state of humiliation, and to treasure his rejection, his cross, his suffering under divine wrath, this is the nature of saving faith. Thank you for joining me for this edition of the Doctrinal Component. I will look forward to our completing this passage in our next time together.